You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm, standing at TaylorMade Farm. Welcome to the Horse Ownership Experience. It is Tuesday, January 29th. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. And joining me, as always, is the great Michelle Yu. Michelle, how are you today? I'm doing super. Where are you today? Home. Home. Home, home on the range. Uh, Michelle, I know we're going to talk horse racing, and we have a great guest today. We have uh, Justin Border coming on the show today. He is one of the owners of Storm the Court, who... Last weekend, won the Eclipse Award for two-year-old Colt, and uh, I'm excited to talk to Justin. I'm excited to find out all your thoughts on Pegasus Weekend, which uh, which was very interesting. Uh, shocker that uh, this guy Bob, how do you say his last name? Be- Bob. Bob Bob Befert. Never heard of him. Yeah. <clears throat> well, mo- mucho gusto got the job done in the Pegasus. We're going to talk all about that. Um, Michelle, I'd be remiss if I didn't say something about the Kobe Bryant tragedy from uh, over the weekend. It has been so surreal here in Los Angeles. I don't know if you're feeling it. I know you're a big sports fan. Um, I don't want to go too deep into it. I don't think the people listening to our horse racing ownership show really want to talk about Kobe, but I think... Uh, I just want to say my thoughts and prayers go out to his entire family and all the families that were affected. There were nine people who passed in this horrific uh, helicopter crash and uh, just feel like something needed to be said. Yeah, very, very sad day. I was like right before we went on the air on Sunday that someone told me. So it was like, whoa. Yeah, and I think everybody, it's interesting that people have been reading a lot of stuff. I've been listening to a lot of pods listening to the radio, and it's one of those things where even if you've never met Kobe, uh, you, you felt like you knew him. And mm-hmm. uh, just an absolute superstar uh, in his profession and off the court these last four years since his retirement and just what he meant to basketball and what you're seeing all this stuff about um, how he was as a dad, and, and that's the reason he took hel- helicopters in the first place. So, uh, again, uh, our thoughts to all the families affected by this horrific tragedy. And um, I think that's that. Okay. All right. Enough said. Moment of silence. Yeah. There you go. Let's, let's move on, and let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the biggest races over the weekend. There was some great racing on uh, Saturday afternoon at Gulfstream mm-hmm. Park. Uh, Michelle, why don't you take us through? I'll give you some comments, and we'll go for it. Oh, well, I like that. Yeah. That is great for me. Yeah. I mean, can we just start with the Pegasus or is that sure. like anti No, let's do that? start with the biggest race. Okay. So the Pegasus was supposed to be this like amazing matchup between uh, Omaha Beach and all these newcomers. You know, there was the hype horse and Bodie Express that was fun to run who already beat him. There was the Baffer third stringer that was coming in. I mean, like it was going to be a really interesting race, right? right. And then... Um, and then what's his name? Scratch, uh, spun to run scratch, which was sad after he got spun, like yep. he had no rider. And then a couple mornings beforehand, it came out that 
Omaha Beach would not be going because he had a little fracture. So all of a sudden, the field still of 10 horses got like crazy interesting. Can you can I stop you there for a second? Yeah. I want one thing on the record. Um, Omaha Beach didn't scratch because they didn't want to run and they just wanted him to go off to stud. That's I, I read a bunch of that stuff on the Twitter. You know how I feel about the Twitter. Um, they, they would have run. The horse obviously was injured and had a problem. I mean, the horse is down there training. They're not training and breezing at Gulfstream if they didn't want to run. Can we get that right. straight, please, people? Right. Thank you. All right. Okay. So then the, the race got crazy interesting because all of a sudden it might not have a marquee name, but you have a field of 10 that are super like on the level, right? Like well, it, was, it could have been anybody's race. I could, felt like it was a good race. Could have been like a grade three. You and I both liked higher power. And I read afterwards that uh, wah, apparently wah, they, he had, they, had his blood drawn. They had his blood drawn. And, and I heard he bled in the race. You know, this was oh, a he big, looked like he bled. This was a big deal because it was a race, uh, a grade one for $3 million that was run without Lasix. There was a lot mm-hmm. of talk about it. And yeah, he ran absolutely terrible. And I, he looked to me like he bled. I don't have confirmation. I'm not saying he did. These are the things we've heard. Uh, but he ran horrible. And when we say that he looks like it's because he was running and then he just stops. Yep. So that's why we say that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this, though. If he did bleed, that is a really great experiment to know that you will not be taking this horse anywhere overseas. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll right? tell you someone who is going overseas, and that's the winner, and that was Mucho Gusto. Right. And he was absolutely as impressive as a horse could be. Um, he had been training phenomenally. Like, on, you can go back and at XBTV and watch his workouts for the last, like, month. He has been training like a horse with five, six gears. He looked incredible. He came in here for a new owner, His Royal Highness Prince Faisal bin Khalid. And they were using this to try to garner an invitation to the Saudi Cup because he was not invited to the Saudi Cup. Right. Um, Saudi Cup, just for winner, people who don't know, 20 million mile and eighth February 29th. It is the 29th. richest race in the world. Let and me say that again. Twenty million dollars. Dollars. Yeah. And uh, the winner of the Pegasus gets an automatic berth. So that's what they were looking for, was to try and get themselves, uh, you know, a, a ticket there. And obviously, it worked out really well. And I read Ortiz, who really had a rough year in 2019, <laughs> uh, where he won the Eclipse Award and was the leading jockey in in America. Uh, he's the one who spun spun to run to ride Mucho Gusto. So everything kind of worked out for Bob Baffert, and it usually does. Um, <laughs> and congratulations to all the connections on a, just a, a dominant performance. What else can you say about that? Right. Um, the That was presented by Run Happy. Oh, <laughs> As was the um, Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational, which was won by Zulu Alpha with a rail skimming ride. Yeah, great, great ride by uh, Tyler Gaffleone. Um There's a great story about about their owners as well, Michelle. Do you know? Do you know Michael the, Wee? Uh, yeah. No. Okay, we're gonna have to get What's him the on the show. Story, morning we're, glory. No, we're gonna have to get him on the show. Okay. Because I think I I read a little bit about. Um, I'm trying to look it up as we speak, but there's like, uh, yeah, Michael Hui. Yeah, he, I know who it was. Yeah, he claimed this horse. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I'm reading right now. We he claimed for thirty grand. No, that's when he got in. How much is he, he no, took no, him no. for eighty? He took eight, him for eighty, 80 yeah. in Churchill Downs two thousand eight September meet. And Mike Maker, who is one of the best in the business at, at claiming horses, uh, he he it was unbelievable. He he came and won this. Uh, uh, what is it? One million or two million? One million. It one million. One mil one million dollars. Only a million. Yeah. Uh, Just Zulu remember Alpha. though, we're talking about this, like the Pegasus was not there was no entry fee right. so i don't think people understand like when you want to run in the breeders cup classics for five million dollars you're paying like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to enter the horse right like sure. when you run in the kentucky derby there's a huge entry fee it's not like you just show up and run um and like when people say that oh you should just enter this horse you can run fourth or fifth and it's like do you know how much it costs to run yeah. in a race so yes the purse that used to be nine million was down to three but it was free it was free. It was, it, it, and a lot, I really liked the turf race. I thought Magic Wand ran great. She ran second, owned mm -hmm. by uh, uh, the ta Michael Tabor. Um, and the horse that ran third was one of our favorites, Instilled Regard. Instilled Regard. Solana mm -hmm. Beach Sales sold for a million dollars to Larry Best back uh, several years ago. He ran fourth in the Kentucky Derby, gave a great account of himself. I would say the disappointment is our Mo Forza, who you and I both didn't like in this race. Oh, he had a terrible orders, trip. But he had an awful trip. And and I yeah. I feel so bad for our good friend Onofrio Picararo, who was down there, uh, Barry Abrams, who's our good friend. And it just from the start, just absolutely nothing went right. And no. in these kinds of races, we've said it over and over again, and I'll say it once again, you things have to go perfectly to win. And they went perfectly mm -hmm. for Zulu Alpha, who was number one, who stayed on the rail, who never moved, saved all the ground, was covered up and exploded late. And that's how these turf races are generally won. So watch these races, especially you handicappers out there. And and watch the horses who get these trips. A lot of these horses, and a lot of these horses are evenly matched too, Michelle. So when you see a trip like that, Zula Alpha is going to get bet next time, right? Maybe he's improving, but he is older. Yeah, he's not going to get that trip next time, right? Right. Instilled Regard may get a better trip, but Instilled Regard had a great trip too. So um, when I won the um, handicapping contest for charity the big one for like ten thousand dollar donation to charity i use zulu alpha and he won a race well there you go Good. i mean really that needed to be on the pod you think people are yeah. care about your handicapping contest yeah it was because it was for charity okay um okay uh also on the undercar the wl mcknight which went to spooky channel and the inside information which went to pink sands uh, which was great because she was trained by Shug McGahey, who also trained Inside Information. Oh, I like that. Why do you just rush over that like it's not important? I like that. Oh, because I don't know. It's good for Shug. Okay. Okay. Um, the La, what, what's it called? Mikey, La Proviant. Yeah, that's La it. Proviante. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mean Mary. Mean Mary. Um, do you remember wire. the dam? You know the dam was Carlo Vivari. Do you remember her? No. She was a really good race mare. Okay. I want to say Rusty Arnold trained her, if I can remember correctly. Uh, the Fred Hooper went to Fat Man. And while we normally talk about owners, we have to give kudos out to her trainer, Kent Sweezy, because he recently went out on his own, and that was his first stakes winner. Congratulations. And Mr. the Sweezy. owners, who are um, Five Force Racing, Two Rivers Racing, and Marianne Stribling, he said have supported him since his first day on his own. Oh, very good. So that's a good story. That's cool. We like yep. that. And then uh, locally, the Palace Virtus went to Captain Scotty, who turned away Flagstaff. Yes. For, for a uh, very big win for the Barbers. He doesn't win many races. Yeah, I right. I feel like we talk about Gary Barber every week. It's kind of like when and Jimmy Kimmel. comes on my show. I think, yeah, when Jimmy Kimmel always talks about uh, Matt Damon, 
I think that's us mm-hmm. and Gary Barber. We just need to keep. <laughs> um, hey, next week, Gary Barber's coming on the horse ownership experience. It's never going to happen. He, you know what's funny is uh, from the true Nick standpoint, Captain Scotty was an A plus. Flagstaff, who ran second, was a B plus, and then Speed Pass ran third, and he was a D. With this one race, you love True Next. I thought you were getting them as a sponsor. I'm gonna try. Okay. Yes. Okay. Trying. Don't yell at me. All right. Don't nag me. Should we get the people are probably crazy right now. They want to hear Justin Border talk about Storm the Court. You want to give him a call? Yeah. Oh, I have to give you his number, huh? Yeah, we're gonna do that. Off, we're gonna do that off the air, and we'll be right back with uh, Justin Border. Come join us at Santa Anita for exciting live thoroughbred action from now until June 21st. And with our new Ultimate Fan Experience, you can get immersed in Santa Anita like never before. Your Ultimate Experience package includes a meet and greet with a trainer at their barn in the morning, breakfast at Clocker's Corner, a box for the day, and an afternoon tour including visiting track announcer Frank Miramati in the announcer's booth. For upcoming events, guarantees, and everything that's happening at the great race place, visit SantaAnita.com slash events. And welcome back to the Horse Ownership Experience. Uh, special guest today, Justin Border, one of the owners of Storm the Court, who we said recently won an Eclipse Award. Justin, welcome to the show, and congratulations. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Justin, uh, before we get into your history, and that's what we like to do here on the, on the show, we like to know how, the, how an owner gets into the game and a little bit about your background, but... Uh, what is it like? I've, I mean, Michelle, I don't think has won an Eclipse Award. I've never won an Eclipse Award. What's it like? Uh, it's a rush. That's for sure. Uh, we, uh, it's the type of thing that, you know, we fortunately, because he had done so well last year, Storm's such a, a special horse for us. We obviously are very proud of him, and we felt good about his accomplishments and felt good about his resume going in. But it's not like uh, the kind of thing that you ever just take for granted is going to happen either. So uh, there's still that anticipation and and a big rush of energy uh, before they make that announcement and they're ripping open that envelope up there uh, and then to hear his name called was was spectacular to say the least. It's uh, it was a very exciting moment, not one that uh, any of us are going to forget. Who was the Can first you person you come- hugged? That's what I want to know. First person I hugged, uh, David Burnson. And uh, kind of a semi-hug sitting right next to me was uh, Terry Finley from West Point <laughs> at the table. So uh, I got a slap on the back and a hug for David. And then, uh, then after that, it was uh, such a kind of a rush of time because they, they definitely like to keep things moving along there that uh, you pretty much file in line and get yourself up to the stage uh, or else that guy's going to start blowing the horn before you even get a chance <laughs> to say thank you. Can you compare this year to – Going with Champagne Room? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it was obviously just as exciting and special and not something ever uh, to take for granted. Uh, for whatever reason, going into uh, Champagne Rooms, uh, when she was fortunate enough to be a finalist, uh, for some reason I was a lot more confident that that she was going to be going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still nervous time right before uh, the announcement and everything. Uh, but with Storm, maybe because of uh, just more social media attention and people sort of, uh, you know, putting out what, what they think and, and arguments out in the public sphere, even on, on TVG and other outlets, uh, uh, I was just a little bit more, um, or I should say a little less confident, not, mm-hmm. as, 
not as confident that that he was going to win, even though I I felt very strongly, certainly on a personal level, that that his resume had earned it for him. So, uh, in any case, we're grateful for everyone that voted for him, and and certainly uh, for those that didn't, we're grateful for all their contributions because the, to be an Eclipse voter, I know it takes a lot. And, um, there's a lot of consideration and hard work that's put into it, and and I just thank them for all they do for the sport. Oh, oh that was very nice. Very, except, except Michelle, who <laughs> probably didn't vote for Storm the Court, but that's besides the point. Justin, tell us a little bit about. I, I wouldn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to stop you. I was going to say, I would never hold that against her or any other voter. That's for sure. There you go. Uh, that's very nice of you. We can talk off the air about how you really feel. Um, <laughs> obviously, Storm the Court has taken you on a great journey, but tell us a little bit about your journey specifically into the way you got started in horse ownership and, and how now you're a, a two-time Eclipse Award winner, it sounds like. Well, my uh, I grew up with uh, having quarter horses and Appaloosas and, and whatnot, so I had grown up around horses, but certainly not thoroughbreds and not racehorses. Uh, in a little uh, farm town in sort of the Central Valley part of California, in Northern California, and uh, playing other sports and in college and et cetera, just get away from the game a little bit and being around, you know, not having horses, things like that, starting my career. And then uh, fast forward several years and uh, a good friend of mine that I had done some work with in the past in the healthcare industry by the name of Ryan Exline uh, had reached out. He had an opportunity uh, to get in, um, was, was really close. I shouldn't say really close, but had a, had a good acquaintance with someone who, uh, raised their own homebred, uh, thoroughbred racehorses for a number of years and was, uh, in a retirement community that he helped to, uh, support and was one of the leaders of, uh, down in Carlsbad. And my partner, Ryan had, had, uh, had been to the races a lot at Del Mar, et cetera. And so he reached out and, sort of took off from there. Would, would you uh, want to jump in on a horse that's about to go to the track that a friend of mine is offering us a piece of? And uh, for me, it was like, man, I don't know. That's uh, of all the stupid things, a race horse. <laughs> I say that all the time. Um, so, uh, so that was the, of course, the initial reaction. And then, you know, uh, my wife and I had just uh, had our first child. I had just started my healthcare company, uh, you know, just, all, all the red flags of no, now is not the time. And uh, uh, for whatever crazy reason, uh, sitting back and thinking of it going, you know, no matter what, it's going to be a great time. And we probably won't have a chance to do something this silly ever again. So why not? Let's do it. And uh, so it, it worked out to that first horse. That was a, a homebred that uh, went to the track, went up to Golden Gate Field, actually won a couple of races. We had a tremendous time with it. Uh, in the end, uh, was claimed away and we made a few dollars. And so uh, we said, well, this was fun and all, but how can we make this where in 10 years we don't have to have our day jobs anymore? Oh, uh, I like so that we idea. Tried to tried to pencil out a, a business plan from there, uh, what type of horses we needed to get, who, what type of people we needed to have on our team, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, even though knowing full well that 10 years was probably going to be never, as far as being able to quit our day jobs, but uh, here we are, and we've been extremely fortunate, and we're grateful for the ride so far. That's for sure. What it, did that plan look like? The the penciled out that you know, what layout would you well, have it, to have, or like you know, what, what direction did you feel like you needed to go in? 
we it started out with just identifying what type of people and what what roles uh, we would need. And uh, my my business partner Ryan, he's he's brilliant at that type of strategic planning. And as we sort of thought things out, knowing uh, you know obviously needed to have an exceptional bloodstock agent, we knew we had to buy horses to, of racing age to start out, or at least that's what we felt like we needed to do um, mm-hmm. at, and buy them at auction. Um, make sure that uh, just like in our own in our own careers, uh, surrounding ourselves with the best people possible in terms of character, uh, all of those things were like sort of primary. And uh, once we kind of had that all laid out, then it was okay. What's our budget, and and who can we rope in, so to speak? And uh, fortunately enough, uh, we had a couple of people that really stepped up for us. That taking our swing at the very first horse we were going to buy at auction. And uh, we had a bloodstock agent that was referred to us that actually responded to us uh, that really had no no reason to do so. Uh, she uh, her name's Moret Farrell. She has oh, tremendous yeah. clients and uh, incredible career and um, is just uh, a godsend for us. Uh, and she took a shot on these two donkeys out in California that want to all of a sudden buy a horse at the auction. And uh, <laughs> you know she fortunately liked us right away and and. Uh, uh, Ryan uh, met her first, and uh, fortunately, I didn't ruin that relationship when she met me later. And um, <laughs> all, <laughs> all is good from there. Um, uh, so we got our first horse at auction, a horse uh, by the name of She's a Smoke Show. Oh uh, yeah. And and she ended up winning a Grade Three for us, mm-hmm. and uh, just just kind of went from there. Um, so tr- very very lucky. Well, you, you keep saying lucky and you're giving a lot of props to everybody else, but obviously there is some there is some props that need to go to you and, and Ryan. How difficult is it working with a partner? You said he's your business partner in this. I, I assume you guys do not work together on a regular basis, um, but you, you must have different ideas. What's that like? Uh, well, we, we were friends for a long time before any of this uh, came up, and we had first met both through our healthcare careers uh, working together to help uh, uh, build up a rehab program for the elderly in, in uh, the Carlsbad, California area. And so we had a good working relationship, but also a friendship uh, going back to 2006. So fast forwarding now on this you know, new venture, uh, smart people are gonna have disagreements about things. Uh, that's what we would expect. Another one of us uh, built our careers on being you know, just yes people and, and whatnot. Uh, but it's remarkable how little we do disagree about. Uh, it, it just seems like because we both come from the same place of putting, you know, the health of the horse first, making sure we have the right people we're associating with from mm-hmm. a partnership standpoint, uh, everything else that, you know, the 1% of things that we may have a different idea or opinion about, we quickly come to resolution and, and carry on. Uh, it's, uh, it's been great. And actually, been part of the gratification for me personally in the business is not very often that you get to have such good friends in life, let alone get to have them as business partners too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's good. So it's gotta be. We're plus. both uh, very grateful. Absolutely. What? Well, think about it. Who wants to stand in the winner's circle celebrating with themselves? No, that's, you know, <laughs> you know you it, it, listen, you hate. <laughs> we say that, we say that all the time. Obviously little red feather is a very big partnership. Tell us a little bit about the partnership. Is this a public partnership? I believe it's called X line racing. So he got his name in there. Um, but are you, uh, wait, are you going, do you go after investors? Is this friends and family? What, what kind of partnership is this? 
So uh, it's X-Line Border Racing. Yeah, he got we, his name uh, first. started out. Huh? Well, I said he got his name first. Yeah. I'm trying to not cause problems here. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, he good. called it's, Justin, it's, to be fair. Okay. That is fair. Well, and, uh, you know, it, it sounds a lot better anyway than the other way around. So uh, it's just fine. And really, uh, it started out because we didn't know a lot of people in the industry. Uh, it started out as sort of just a, hey, what friends and family would like to jump in with us type thing. Mm-hmm. And then since uh, the other thing we had to select w- was a trainer, at least to start with our first horse that we had bought. And so uh, we had we sort of done some homework uh, and landed on a couple of names. There were things that we knew we needed to have because we were learning. Uh, we needed to have a trainer that would be willing to actually talk to us once in a while <laughs> and help uh, kind of guide us along the way and wouldn't, you know, just sort of be like, just write me a check each month and, and that's it. So uh, that's how we landed on Peter Erton as our, our trainer here in California and was referred to us by uh, our, the late Armando Laje up in Golden Gate Fields. And that's worked out great. He knew that we were excited about it. We had some success with uh, She's a Smoke Show. Uh, he obviously really likes Moret and our agent and how we're trying to do things. So then he referred us a few people that were sort of out there floating about um, people that he had worked with for several years, which was really special for him to do for us because he was sort of putting his neck on the line reputation wise with people that he'd worked with for, uh, I believe over 10, 20 years and said, Hey, you should partner with these guys. They're, they're really working hard at it. So that's certainly not something we're ever going to forget. Um, and just yet another person who helped us along the way. Um, so we referred some public partners uh, that way. And then it's sort of just grown organically from there. Uh, it's not like we uh, have had a big budget for advertising or anything of that sort of thing. We've just been able to work hard and do right by people. And it's amazing how word of mouth referrals can spread quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're excited about excited about the upcoming sales season and, and uh, the teams we're putting together and and uh, onward and upward. That sounds. It, uh, by the way, I'm I'm enthralled because you guys have had so much success so quickly. And as Michelle and I, we talk all the time, obviously. And this is our fourth year of doing this show, speaking to mostly owners. And what you've already accomplished is far greater than most people will in in a lifetime. And that that has to resonate with you. And not only. You're talking about the hard work, but Michelle and I also say it takes a lot of luck. And you've surrounded yourself with the right people, and you've been very lucky. And so what's what are the goals for this year? You're going to the sales. Are you taking the same approach? Are you able to spend a little more money? What what are what are the what is the plan? Well, we we really focus uh, first of all on supporting our agent. <laughs> In whatever she needs along the way of making sure she's fully hydrated. Uh, she works extremely hard, her and her team. No, I've seen her. Sure believe me, I've seen her sure out the there. Florida heat. Yeah. So uh, first things first, make sure the health of the people who are the smartest ones in the operation are, are doing well. And sure. then uh, besides that, we aren't going to deviate from what's made us successful to this point. We just feel like we've given ourselves, because we've been able to build and uh, attract more partners, et cetera, um, been able to just increase our volume, so to speak. So right. going from a one horse a year type operation to hopefully getting a few, but our core principles, as far as remaining extremely disciplined uh, during the auction process, making sure 
from the farms and that we're buying from, I should say the consigners I'm buying from, the farms the horses are coming from, everything in the process that we've done our homework, uh, that our vetting process is thorough uh, as far as the health of whatever it is that we might take a swing at, and then understanding uh, what we think the fair value to assign to each mm-hmm. prospect is. Um, and then at the same time, you know, it, it, auctions are, are, are kind of funny in their own right and have their own dynamics. Everything from what order they come in terms of the hit numbers during the sale can affect your decision making to uh, sort of later information or who else might be on a horse and what we see in terms of the dynamics of the auction itself. Um, we just want to remain true to ourselves and uh, be extremely disciplined with the, the resources that other people have entrusted with us and our own resources as well. No, that's all. Listen, I, I just from talking to you, it sounds like you guys have the right formula. I have it's a, a more, business. I, I have a question about a horse like Storm the Court, who's obviously she. I mean, wins the Eclipse Award. I don't know if you have a stallion deal in place. Are do you get calls from people? Have you have you received calls to sell a piece of this horse? There's so many people out there, the salt humans of the world. Um, it, it seems like you guys are, have been the original owners. I don't believe you've sold any off any pieces off of Storm the Court. Is that true? Uh, we had one partner come in a little bit later in the process, actually just uh, uh, about, um, I don't know, maybe a month and a half before the Breeders' Cup. That's my memory serving me right, around September, uh, yeah, mid-September. Um, but uh, And he's a partner uh, that we have on a few horses, so it okay. wasn't a specifically a Storm the Court type deal. Other than that, no, we've retained everything so far. We, uh, we know what we have in terms of being, uh, you know, a special experience for each of us on the team or on his team, I should say. And uh, nothing new has come up. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. What I should say is, uh, no, we haven't sold any of them yet. Well, that's okay. No, no, we'll t- <laughs> I know what you're thinking. We'll talk off the air. It's fine. I'm going to come up with an offer. Um, uh, Justin, first of all, we appreciate your time today and, and congratulations one more time. But, you know, you're a young guy, you're in this game. Um, uh, give our, our listeners some advice on, on what they should do uh, to become owners and, and, and at least try to have some of the success that, that you and uh, Mr. X-Line have had. Uh, do, do your homework, uh, not just on you know, the horses and, and, and sort of the dynamics, depending on where you are geographically in the country, uh, what type where you want to see your horses run or what's going to be uh, you know, most beneficial for you. First things first, know what it is you love about the game, what you're going to enjoy the most. Is it, is it making money? Is it you're watching your horses run regardless of what level it is? Is it uh, the excitement just of watching them cross that finish line first, which mm-hmm. uh, you both know as well as I do, nothing matches that first 30 seconds after your horse crosses the wire first no. in a race. I don't care what level it is. Um, just sort of know what you want to get out of the game. Are you uh, an action junkie that wants to have, doesn't matter if you own just a small percentage of a bunch of horses, you just like having lots of horses out there running, or are you the type that wants a big piece of, of, of just one or two horses uh, that you really think are, are going to be special and you're willing to, to take that chance. You sort of have to do a self-examination first in terms of, or a self-inventory of what you want to get out of it. Um, most of all, you have to understand that, uh, you've got to enjoy the process and everything about it because it's the type of sport that it'll, it'll punch you in the stomach once in a while, mm. as uh, you two both know very well. Absolutely. It, it, 
it just, you know, it, it happens. And, and I'd say the third biggest thing is you got to love the horses. Right. Um, right. If you don't love the horses for who they are and what they bring to the table and, uh, and just that connection, uh, then maybe fall, find an alternative way to get into the sport and enjoy it without being an owner per se, because there are other ways. Very good. No, no, no. Very, very that. good advice. Sound advice. Always just yeah. a border. And Appreciate different. it. I have one last question before we let you go. You ready? No problem. Are you sure? I fire away. What, what, <laughs> well, what? I, just, I, just, I just hope I have the right answer. Oh, you it. have the right answer. What does derby fever taste like? Oh, man. It tastes <laughs> like the sweetest dessert you've ever had in your entire life. <laughs> um, uh, but we can't, we can't get ahead of ourselves. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we're fortunate enough to, to have some points and to be able to let our minds drift off into dreaming of those kind of things. And uh, I guess it's part of the fun of the experience and the process. Um, he, he's such a fun horse. He is, he's all heart. And uh, we would love to see him uh, get an opportunity on as big a stage as there is. And uh, we look forward hopefully to that we're, too. we're doing the right thing. Yeah, I don't know if you right know by him. Yeah, we we talk to all our guests, and they uh, um, we've had your. This is a good idea to come on the show, right, Michelle? We've had very yeah. very good luck with people, and usually people invite us to their races. It's kind of a rite of passage. So you know, maybe we'll just. We'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we'll probably well, see last you in week Kentucky. Got himself invited to Saudi. That's right. I'm headed to Saudi um, with our guest from last week. <laughs> And uh, I'll probably be in Kentucky with Storm the Court. So you, if you have a hat or a jacket that you'd like to donate to uh, Michelle and I here on the Horse Ownership Experience, we'd appreciate it. And uh, no, well, in, all, in all seriousness, well, Justin, thank you. Yours. Yeah, thank you. And we hope you make it. We're big Pete Erton fans um, and, uh, and continued success. And keep doing what you're doing. I think, uh, I think you've really, you're, you're, you've inspired me to uh, even, you know, always try to get better and always try to learn more. And you've surrounded yourself with good people, which Michelle and I say all the time. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll see you out at Santa Anita. When, he's running soon. San Vicente. Uh, San Vicente. Yeah. When is uh, that? So, uh, if uh, either of you are working uh, that Sunday, I am. Uh, then <laughs> don't well, have then Michelle. I'll, pick. I'll be sure to say hi. And yes, uh, when when work is over, I'll I'll buy the first beer for both of you. Then well, there we go. We we want. What do you mean? We want champagne in that little champagne room. Yeah. Right. Well, but but but, but that's free. I won't get to buy it for you. But okay. if I get to give you free champagne that day, then then that will really be a good day for everyone. It, so, would, it would be great for go. everyone. Well, Justin Border, thank you very much for coming on the show. We appreciate all the advice and all the, uh, all the kind words, and we'll make something happen this year. Good luck on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Thank you for having me, and uh, good luck to both of you as well. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Justin. Justin Border uh, here on the, on the Horse Ownership Experience. Michelle, you does it again. With a, great, with a great interview. Thank you very much, Michelle. And we'll be right back after this. M. Shawish has taken the lead as they come into the final 16. The main reason we ended up trying M. Shawish on the dirt is he was just so impressive in the mornings to watch train on the dirt. And, uh, you know, he continually worked exceptionally well. Showed us that, uh, you know, he was able not only to, to finish his work strongly, but then gallop out brilliantly. And we just felt like he had a dirt pedigree as well, being a medagliadora out of a Thunder Gulch mare, that it, you know, wouldn't be a surprise if he ran well in the dirt. And certainly he did. And it is M. Shawish, the winner of the Don Handicap. 
And welcome back. Welcome back to the Horse Ownership Experience. Uh, what a nice guest, Are Michelle. you going to have commercials? Yeah, we have commercials. You, don't, you won't hear them, but yes, I got a new Santa Anita commercial today. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it sounded really That's good. great. Yes. Yeah, what a really good guest Justin was. And like we were texting before and after and he's really funny. So, um, I just like, we're just both like parents with two kids and his kids like the same thing as my kids like. And you wouldn't know because your kids are too old now, Billy. Well, did you have a birthday today? No, Olivia's birthday is actually Super Bowl Sunday, but because uh, I and it's the Super Bowl, I knew we wouldn't be doing anything like on that day. Right. So yesterday we took her to the Grove and oh. went to the American Girl store and bought her a dolly and took her for ice cream and rode the trolley. So she such, had a really big day yesterday. You're such a good mom. Uh, I thought it was funny that Justin was very unwilling. He was worried about cooling his chances for the Kentucky Derby, which is <laughs> which I totally respect. Like you have to do that. I mean, there's no, you know, you, you just you have to, right? I I I just like that he had, you know, I felt like he had a really well thought out um, a- answer to the majority of our questions, Absolutely. and obviously it's not like we prep him. It was just. Oh. You know, off the cuff, but he did a really good job. I think so too. So what? special thanks to Peter Erin too for setting that up. Thank you, Pete. Much appreciated. We'll get you on the show on the show soon. Um, Michelle, what is in store for this weekend? What? Uh, oh what do we my got? gosh! What do we got? Hey, okay. by the way, I watched Heat. Did you ever see that movie Heat? No. With uh, Bobby De Niro and uh, and nope. Al Pacino. Oh, you should really mm-hmm. watch it. I think Ryan would like it. I'll ask but him then. We just, says, we what you got for me? like four days to watch Harriet. Okay, so <laughs> uh, racing on Thursday is just a regular day of racing. Okay. Racing on Friday is $2 beers and $6 cocktails, and we are almost done with dry January. What does that um, mean? Who was doing dry January? Me and Zoe. Why? Well, because every Friday we do like Friday happy hour. So an hour for an hour after the races, I get to go to happy hour with Zoe. And then she told me, oh, it's be our last one for the month because I'm going to do dry January. And so I just thought because she was doing it, I would do it too. I mean, that sounds silly. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Why did you laugh Um, when I told you I was going to do the Peloton? Because that's hilarious. It's great. You, you, aren't they like $4,500? No, you, they, you got a, they got a whole money. thing. They got a whole thing that you could do uh, 39 months, 0% APR. It's like 50 too bucks much. a month. I have too much. I'm trying to get in shape, Michelle. You called me fatty last time you saw me. No, I did not. I think you, kinda, I think you might have been thinking that. No. Are you sure? I never, never called you fatty. Okay. Especially because last time I saw you, I was asking you for money for my kid's Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. I did. <laughs> Wait, where are my squares? What numbers did I get? Uh, I sent it to you. You have Oh, I have Kansas good numbers. City. Yeah, you have four and zero. Yes. And you have zero and eight. And in the other pool, in the little racetrack pool, I have three three. I got good numbers. That's okay. Yeah. No, I got You're really good. good numbers. Um let's good. talk Super Bowl real quick before you wait, tell wait, us. Wait, 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 wait. Saturday at the racetrack. Okay. Um Santa Anita. We are having a Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Awareness Day. So we're gonna have a booth there and anyone that wants to, you know, donate would be great. Also stakes races, we have the San Pasqual, the San Marcos, and the Bob Lewis. Great. And then uh Sunday is obviously Super Bowl. 
and free general admission and drink specials in the big game uh, in Serona's. Okay. Also, there's a $3,000 football pick'em contest. Live racing starts at 11, so we can be done before the Super Bowl. And then the baffle stakes is the feature. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Oh, I guess the 49ers. What do you mean you guess? What does that mean? I mean, with the Patriots not playing, it's like, meh. So, but don't you feel that Jimmy G is kind of a Patriot in a way? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do feel that way, actually, a little bit, right. believe it or not. Okay. But, you know, he's not. So it's. <laughs> I understand. Uh, special guest, Justin Border. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thanks to all our sponsors, Sanita and Delmar and TaylorMade. Um, special thanks to Michelle Yu, who always does a great job preparing for the show. Uh, we'll get this up as soon as possible, and uh, we will talk to you special next week. Special thanks to Billy, our new editor. Oh, yes, the the editorial. Uh, this is the Horse Ownership Experience. You can tweet us at Own a Horse, at the Michelle Yu, at BKLRF. You can email me if you have any questions about horse racing, billy at littleredfeather.com. We look forward to hearing you. Make sure you reach out. Thanks, Michelle. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.